so <laughs> um, the Lord wants us to remind us that he has accomplished in us the work of Christ, okay? So everything that it was in God's heart for us has been fulfilled in Christ. So there really isn't anything for us to do in that regard. There's nothing for us to do. In other words, um, we don't have to do a whole lot of really good works over and over again in order to prove that we're really a child of God. That isn't necessary. It's not necessary to prove that you're a child of God. Jesus came and died on the cross and rose so that we would be accepted into the family of God. And anything that adds to that is completely unnecessary. Now, should you do good works? Yeah, you should. <laughs> it's good for you, <laughs> right? And it's also a natural outflow of being a child of God. But we should never lose sight of the fact that that's not what made us a child of God, the things that we did. It doesn't make us... You know, people say, well, you did a lot of good stuff, so you're good. Yeah, I mean, your works are good, but what makes you a son of God? Jesus does. And I know a lot of times people feel like they've lost sight of that because of the things that has happened in their life. They forget. And so the Lord reminds us of these. So let's look at this scripture in Colossians, one of my go-tos right now. And I love, I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. And this is Colossians 2, verse 5. And this is Paul writing to the church at Colossae. And it says, Even though I'm separated from you geographically, my spirit is present there with you. Well, that's interesting. How did he do that? He was present with him in the spirit, even though he wasn't there geographically. And he could see. And I'm overjoyed to see. When you're somewhere, you can see where you are, can't you? This is where Paul was. He's there. He can see him. I'm overjoyed to see how disciplined and deeply committed you are because you have such a solid faith in Christ, the anointed one. Okay, so he's seeing this discipline and commitment to the Lord. And that, like I said, commitment in that, that's a heart attitude. It's a position. It's a place you go in your heart. Um, again, religion is easy to fake. You can always fake stuff. Because you could just do the thing that everybody's expecting you to do, and you'd be like, hey, they're good. But, but real Christianity is of the heart, okay? That means that you're moved towards it. You're not, nobody sees anything. Nobody knows anything that you're doing. It's just you and the Lord, right? And nobody will ever know, and that's the, that's the good stuff. That's the really good stuff. Because, that every, because little do you know, everybody does know. <laughs> but they know in heaven, and, and they don't judge, there's no judging there like that. That All that judging where we say good and bad and this person's good and this person's bad. In heaven, you know what they say? You're good. You're righteous. You're a child of God. You, you can do it. That's what they're saying all the time. They're always encouraging us. Keep going. Keep doing it. God's with you. You have it within you. you God is going to give you the power. You are a child of God. You are a son of God, a daughter of God. You see, that's what they're saying from heaven. Now, here, we judge each other <laughs> because 
Well, they tried, but they're not doing good enough. They don't even try. Da, 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 da. Well, that person said this, and this person said that. That's called the soul, and it's always dividing. <laughs> so you're dividing. Divide, divide, divide. But in Christ, we're one. In the same way you receive Jesus, our Lord and Messiah, by faith. I love this. Continue your journey of faith, progressing further into your union with him. Isn't that good? Progressing further into your union with him. In other words, we're already one with God. He's not far away. He's one spirit with us. I'm in him and he's in me. We're one with God. You'd be like, where are you, God? He's like, I'm right here. Like, I always think about it like if I could see him, like see Jesus' face, I'd be like, where are you? And then he's like, and I'm like, ah! <laughs> he's like right in my face, you know, because he's that close, you know? And he doesn't scare us, right? But but it would it would be funny because I would just be like, well, how close is he? And he's like literally right in your face. And you're like, okay, that's pretty close. <laughs> so he's with us and he's in us. And what does that do for us? It does everything for us. The Bible says that God himself causes our heart to beat. Everybody's heart beats because God says beat and it beats. What? Why is that? Because he loves us. He wants us to be alive. <laughs> they have this thing now where people are like, you shouldn't be alive. And I'm like, that comes from the evil one. That comes from Satan. Because God says, stay alive, be alive. Alive is good. Because remember what I said earlier about enjoying the Lord. You're not going to be enjoying much in the body if you're not in the body. Now, you can enjoy heavenly things too. But God made the earthly things. He made the things in the earth to be enjoyed, the good things. The Bible says every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. Now, there are some things on the earth that are not good. They should not be enjoyed. They should be rejected because they're not good. But everything that's good should be enjoyed. Everything that's not good should be rejected. Well, I enjoy the bad stuff. Well, you will for a while, and then you will not enjoy it, and it may be tough to get away from it. And everybody who knows what I'm talking about knows what I'm talking about. You know, So enjoy the good, reject the bad. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of life. And here's the thing. He's given us so much. You see what I'm saying? There's so much. Why would you want anything else? And people are like, I don't see a whole lot. That's because of complaining. When you complain, you shut doors. You shut things down. When you find a situation that you've been complaining about, find something good about it and think about that for a little while. Okay? You're not rejecting the fact that there was something bad, but what you're doing is instead of emphasizing the bad, you're focusing on the good. This is what I mean by nurturing. You're focusing on the good. Like you can have a beautiful flower garden, go out there and complain about weeds all day, or you can go out and enjoy the flowers. See what I'm saying? So the more that we do that, we're cultivating the garden. Because what we're doing when we agree with what's good is we're doing the exact same thing that God does when he looks at us. He's saying, I see a whole bunch of good in you. I'm going to talk about that. What about the bad? In me, you're good. So that's why we're saying here, progressing further into your union with him, becoming more aware of him in you than anything else. There's nothing else there but him. Because how big is God? He's huge. But what happens is, is if we focus on the thing that's not God, not God gets bigger. If you focus on God, then God gets bigger in our understanding. 
and in our remembrance. You're not changing the size of God. <laughs> you can't do that. But what you are changing is what you're remembering about him. And we do that by focus and intention and where we put our thoughts. Our thoughts important. Thoughts are so important that they actually can navigate and direct your whole, your whole body every, everywhere you go. My thoughts said, pick up this coffee cup, and here I am with a coffee cup. That's how strong thoughts are. So as we're focusing on our union, again, we talked about body exercise, mind exercise. We're talking about spirit exercise here. Spirit exercise is focusing on the Lord. So Paul is writing to this church, but Paul's also writing to us because we're the church too. <laughs> Surprise, we're the church. So in the same way you received Jesus, our Lord and Messiah, by, what does it say here? Faith. Does it say by works? It does not say by works. It says by faith. That means Jesus is my Lord and Savior. I believe that he's my Lord and Savior. Why is that? I did that by faith. Did I see Jesus physically? No, but by faith I received him. And so what he's saying here is, this is how you continue your journey in faith. Don't ever fall back on works. Don't ever fall back on the things that you did. Always emphasize faith. Faith in Jesus is what makes us who we are. Maybe you did something bad. That doesn't define you. It's not you. Be defined by Jesus. Don't be defined by good or bad. Should you do good? Yes, but does it define you? No, Jesus defines you and he calls you good. You see how, that's, how that works? So the more that we continue in our journey, we're progressing further into what? Into our union with him. Union with him. This is the reason why we don't talk bad about each other. Because when you're talking bad about a person, you're talking bad about Jesus. You're one with Jesus. Do we, sometimes you need to warn people about things, yes, but we shouldn't be, what's the word, um, labeling people as good or bad. Jesus never, he did label the Pharisees as whitewashed tombs and call them a den of vipers. But that's the, those were evil spirits trying to keep people away from God. So whenever people are trying to keep you away from the love of God, you can label them as vipers. <laughs> they're, they're full of lies. Because God doesn't do that. He doesn't reject us that way. Now, you can see judgments in the scripture. What were the judgments doing? Well, the judgments were the judgments of the people. The people were judging. They were being judged by what they did. God accepts us. So you can live under the law, and you can live under works, and be judged by the law and by works. It's a real spiritual thing. You want to live full of legalism, you got to do this. you got to do that. You didn't do this good enough. You didn't do that good enough. You can live your life like that and then be judged that way because that's what you've decided is defining you. What's defining you is whether things are good or bad based on my observation of good or bad. Or you can decide to live in the grace of God by faith in Jesus in which Jesus says, I speak to the good in each man. Okay? Now, if I am using my soul, my mind, and there is something dangerous, well, you do stay away from it, but what do you call things? 
What do you speak into things? How do you nurture the good that's in that thing? There's some, now, some things have no good in them because they're not from God. Right? They're not from God, so there's nothing. Because remember, every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father of light. Some things are not good because they didn't come from God. Is lying good? No. Is being jealous good? No. Did it come from God? No. It did not come from God. Jealousy, fear, anger, that man's anger, it all came from the soul. It came from a lower realm. It came from man when he didn't know who he was, and he's trying to get control of his situation. So he started to fall on these, these are called fallen things, things that are fallen, you know. Um, people do things in the body that are fallen because of a lack of connection with Jesus. They have lost sight of the head. They have lost sight of Christ. And when you lose sight of Christ, you fall onto something else that isn't him. And that's where all this nastiness comes from. So that's not to be enjoyed. Nobody really enjoys that. <laughs> they think they do for a little bit, but then they don't. <laughs> so we don't want any of that in our lives. So to accept the good means to reject the bad. There's always, a there's always these things that come in. You say, do I want to live my life by works? No. Do works define me? No, they do not. Jesus defines me. He will always define me. So anytime people come to me and they say, well, you know, this person is good or bad, and I say, well, why don't you speak to the good in this situation, see what God is going to do in this situation by speaking to the good in it, and nurture grace to it, and see what happens. Right? You can do that. It's okay. You know? If you see God in it, don't let up. Don't quit. Because he's working. When I was a little boy, I remember listening to this record, because we used to have records back in the day. And um, I don't remember what it was, and it always stuck with me. It was a little kid's record, little kid stories, like little Bible stories. And it was a story about this little boy who his mom told him to go outside and to make a garden or something, and he kept digging up the seeds, and they never grew because he couldn't, he's like, nothing's happening, and he keep digging it up. And I always remember this. I don't know why that is the one I remember because, I mean, I literally do plant seeds, but I remembered, and I always remember that this is what a lot of people do in their lives is, is they start things in the spirit, but because they don't see anything right away, they dig the seed up. And so... And so that's so so you got to remember when you're nurturing a thing and when you're and when you're speaking to the good in everything just remember that there's also seed time harvest seed time harvest everything is seed time harvest Jesus seed time 3 days and 3 nights harvest you see, so you have all of this. It happens all throughout time, and it, and it's it is the way here, on the earth. He he said that at the beginning. He said in Genesis, he said there will always be seed, time, and harvest. So when we're investing our life into Christ, remember that there's seed, time, and harvest in everything. Relationships take investment of your time learning about the other person and then you see the harvest people look at these harvests they're like wow look at that harvest boy those people are sure lucky and you're like but you didn't see 
the seed, the time you just saw the harvest. You know, a lot of times when you see a famous person, I remember thinking about, um, you know, the guy who, he, the blue collar uh, guys, what are they called? Uh, Larry the Cable Guy. You guys know who, who he is? So Larry the Cable Guy is really funny guy, you know, and he has this like deep south kind of sense of humor. And, and, and he was, uh, he's Mater on the Cars movie. And so I was watching an interview with him. And that guy used to call into the radio every day for eight years and make jokes with that voice as Larry the Cable Guy. He would just, because that's not his real voice. That's not, that's not how he actually talks. He actually talks completely different than that. He made that whole voice up. And what he would do is he would go out and he would do stand-up bits. And at the very end, he'd do Larry the Cable Guy. And, and one of his friends or somebody said, hey, that Larry the Cable Guy is hysterical. You should just be him. So that's what he did. He goes, and that's when he wore like the clothes that he wears, where he looked like looked like a redneck with cut off sleeves. He goes, I just wore the clothes I wore to the to the gig that I usually wear before I changed to go up on stage, and he just was himself, right? But the thing that I was pointing out first of all is that Larry the Cable Guy became very famous, right? And he, he traveled all over the world. He traveled with the, uh, you know, you might be a redneck Jeff Foxworthy guy, and he was all over the place. But he literally called into a radio show every single day on the phone and made jokes for eight years before he ever saw anything, you know. And we see him and we say, oh, my goodness, you know, that guy, he just, he just got lucky. And you don't realize the time that happened before he became famous. And there's story after story of this. I just thought of that because that's the most recent one that I remember of people that have invested time into things. We watch them in the news or in the media, and we think, oh, wow, they really just made it big really quick. And you don't realize how many years they spent where nobody knew who they were, where they were just investing that, putting that time into it. It's the same thing with our relationship with God. You know, when we take that time and we just put everything aside and we just meditate on him, we just think about the Lord for a little while, that starts to grow. Because what will happen is the more you think about God, like even in prayer, you say some words to God. God, I love you. You just say it. Maybe you don't feel it yet. Just say it, you know, and then it'll start to grow within you because he loves us. And eventually you're going to hear him and you're going to be like, oh, well, wait, maybe I need to know more about him. There's lots of little questions we have about our life. I've asked him questions many times. He answered me every single time. I don't always remember what he answered me, but I do know that he answered me. He's answered me every question I've ever asked him. But some of them I don't remember anymore. Why is that? I don't know, but I have a good confidence that he answered it. And there's a good, there's a good answer for everything. And it doesn't have anything to do with him being bad because he's not bad. He's good. And he's always been good. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And in Acts, it says Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. In other words, all that Jesus did was good. And Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. That means God is good. So even though we have questions because something wasn't good, you could know for sure that it wasn't God that was bad. Something else was bad. Okay? And he has an answer for us. But as we open ourselves up to him, as we allow him to speak into our lives and into our hearts, that love will increase. That love will grow. And as that love grows between us and him, that love will grow and be able to be fed into other people's lives too. It's very difficult to love people when you don't feel loved yourself. If you're not sensing love towards you, if you ever meet a really mean person, I can guarantee you they don't feel like anybody loves them. 
because you actually give what you feel like you have. You feel like you have. If I have love, I can give love. If I don't have love, you ain't getting love from me, buddy. You know, I don't love anybody. I just look out for number one, right? And that's how a lot of people are because they don't, they don't sense God's love because love comes from above. It always has come from above. It's never not come from above. The love that we have for each other comes from God. It's where it comes from every time because he loves us. We sense that love and that love in turn is sent out. So always start inside. We've been doing a teaching on the inner and the outer. You have the inner man and you have the outer man. The inner man's where everything happens. That's where everything happens. The outer man's where everybody sees. <laughs> Which is why the Pharisees are so good at being whitewashed tombs because they can make everybody see what's happening on the outside. But Jesus is like, I see on the inside. It's not what you're showing people. You see? So always start on the inside. Continue your journey of faith. Continue your journey of faith. Remember, seed, time, harvest. Continue, that's time, your journey of faith. Why? Because we're progressing further into union. So there are places in the spirit that we can go. The scripture says that we have been brought into heavenly places in Christ. Not place, places. What's heavenly? Another word for heavenly is spiritual, higher places, places that are beyond the physical world. We've been brought there in Christ. Well, what are in these places? Well, I can tell you one of the places that you go to is a place where there is a deep love of God. The Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? We know about that. When, when we think of God, he is a Trinity, is triune. The Father, and then Jesus spoke about the Father, then Jesus spoke about the Spirit. He said, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit, and he will be with you forever, right? So who do we have with us? The Holy Spirit. But with the Holy Spirit comes the Trinity. Yay! They're all here, <laughs> right? So one of the spirit, heavenly places or spiritual places we can go is this place where we sense the love of the Father to the Son, from the Son to the Father to the Spirit to the Son. It's a place. And so as we're praying, as we're thinking about God and praying, we can go to that place in God because he's brought us to these heavenly places. So when I say thinking about, meditating on him, meditating on where God has brought us in his love, okay? So that's a spiritual place. Again, spiritual exercise versus mental versus physical. Now, a lot of spiritual exercise that you do starts mentally, right? You have to know where you're going before you do. If I say, let's pray, you mentally go, right? Because you're, but once you start, then you can start to move in the spirit, okay? Where you're having spiritual exercise. You're sensing the love of God. You're telling God how much you love him. You're praying. You're asking God, can you petition and ask God for things? Yes, you should do that. <laughs> Actually, in the Bible, Jesus said you don't get stuff because you never asked for it. He, you're not ever asking. You don't ask, you don't get it. So you should ask God. Now, we ask more than just verbally. But if you know you should ask, ask verbally. <laughs> because <laughs> we do ask God things in our heart, I've learned, 
that we've never verbalized because it's way deep in our heart. But sometimes there are things that we can ask God that we do know because they're in our head. Well, yeah, say those out loud. God, I would like to ask for this and God will give it to you. (laughs) He will. He will give it to you. God, I would like to have this because there are things in our life and God knows. You know, remember what Jesus said? He goes, listen, God knows that you need things. And he said, not only does he know it, but he's going to take care of it. And then he said, consider, who did he say to consider? Right. What else? The sparrow, right? Consider these, what we consider fairly worthless things, and God supplies all of them. What about us? You see what I'm saying? So we can verbalize. So when we're thinking about our union with God, We're going into that place, and we say, well, I have a need. Well, ask him. Ask him for it. God, I need help with this. God, I need help with that. What if I don't know how God's going to do it? Well, perfect. That's the perfect way to ask. Because if you knew how God was going to do it, you wouldn't need to ask, because then you could do it. (laughs) Right? The things you ask God for are the things that you can't do. (laughs) People are like, how's he going to do it? Well, that's not your problem. (laughs) Yes, and this is what we say. You received Christ by faith, so continue your journey in faith. You don't stop using faith. You just use it in different ways now. You know, you're using it in your journey. So, you know, receive, you received him. Continue. Paul is saying, you guys are disciplined, deeply committed. You have a solid faith in Christ. You know, continue in that faith. Don't leave it. Continue that journey. Don't go dig up some seeds that you planted that were planted in Christ and planted in faith. Keep those seeds in the ground. Water them. How do you water seeds? You can water them by your words. If I say something good about a thing, it responds in kind. If I say something bad about a thing, it responds in kind. It's true. You can actually, Jesus said, you have blessing and cursing in your mouth. You can bless a thing or curse a thing. I've cursed things. I actually spoke, I had a bee, a bee's nest over there, and I told it to leave, and it left. I've done that before. You know, you speak to it. I tried it with nature. I try to kind of balance out what's, what its true nature is. I don't try to curse everything like Jesus cursed the fig tree, <laughs> you know, which was a prophetic act, too. It had to do with Israel. But, you know, I don't, I don't like, you know, so you can bless a thing or curse a thing. You can do that, Okay. So in your life, when you're talking about things, talking about areas of your life, speak blessing over it if you want it blessed. If you want it blessed, don't curse it. (laughs) Speak that blessing. So that's how you continue in your faith, is by saying the same things that God says about it. You're coming into agreement with him. God says this, you say, I agree. If God says a thing and you say the opposite thing, there's no agreement, you're off balance. There's no synch- there's no synchricity synchricity. There's no, you're not synchronized. You're 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 off, and so now you're going you're wobbly. But if you go in and you say, "I agree with you, God. I agree with what you say about this," then you come into um, a basically more. You have a you have more of a, a synergy that happens between you and Him. And now in that specific situation, and now things will start going the right way. So just remember that. What does God say about it? He speaks life. He speaks good things. What time is it? 12-12.
I'll do one more scripture. You guys good for one more? Can you handle it? All right. I covered a lot of things. Okay. Verse 7. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life. Well, that's nice. Isn't that talking about, remember what I said, you got your seed. If the seed's going to grow deep roots, you kind of leave it in the ground <laughs> and you got to nurture it. So your spiritual roots go deeply into his life. Where, like, what's the ground? It's Christ. It's not your works. It's Jesus' finished work. He already did it. There's nothing I can add to that other than to be in him. The seed is in the ground. You're the seed. You see? Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life as you are continually infused with strength, encouraged in every way. You need to get those plants in some dirt. You got to get them in the dirt. We took our plant out. We stuck it in some mulch. Didn't do as good. Got to get it in the dirt. Need to get it watered. Need Because the, the water comes in it, and, and now all of these nutrients are coming out of the dirt in the soil. The stuff is in the soil. It's in there already. The, 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 the tree didn't need to come up with its own nutrients. It gets it by being planted, being fixed in that place. Now, we're fixed in Christ. We're fixed in Christ. You know, you don't, you, if you keep uprooting yourself, it's not working. You know, well, I'm going to be fixed in this, and I'm going to be fixed in that. No, we're fixed in Christ. Your spiritual roots go deeply into his life. You're continually infused with strength and courage in every way, for you are established in the faith you have absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. Can you see these, these plant analogies here? Spiritual roots are going deep. You're infused with strength. You're established in the faith. You've absorbed and enriched by your devotion to him. Okay? So this is where we are in him. This is kind of like state one. This is your starting place is in him. And then he's saying, continue in him. Be like, well, what's going to happen next? I don't know. It's an adventure. <laughs> now, some things you might know. Be like, man, I really wish I knew everything that was going to happen. But then it's not an adventure. You know, so some things we don't know. Some things we do know. But we do know that what God has in store for us is good and it is way, way, way better than we thought the best could be. It's being actually the Bible says that it's beyond our comprehension. The Bible actually says that the 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 direction that we're headed to in God is so unfathomable to our mind that it takes eternity for us to fully unwrap how good God is to us specifically. That's, that's a lot of goodness. That's a lot of goodness. And, and remember what I started with saying, what are we focusing on? Are we focusing on him? Or are we focusing on this lower realm? Got to do this and got to do that. And this person's in my way. I got to get them out of my life and get this person in my life and step on that person and do that's the world. What a terrible, what a terrible life. What a terrible life. Why would you want to live like that? Live in him. Live in the, now, people sometimes say, well, if you live like that, I'm just going to get stepped on all the time by everybody. But you're not. Jesus wasn't stepped on by anybody. As a matter of fact, they couldn't even kill Jesus. Jesus said, they, you can't take my life. It's impossible. And how do we know? They tried to multiple times. They tried to push him off a ledge. They tried to kill him. The whole town came to try to push him off, off a, like off a cliff. The whole town came to push him off the cliff. That's how worked up they got. 
Can you imagine? The Son of God is there on the earth, and an entire town got worked up. People are like, oh, no. Look, if everybody believes it, it's got to be true. Oh, really? The whole town was about to push the Son of God <laughs> off a cliff. People are very fickle. <laughs> it only takes a couple of well-placed words, and you can get a whole mob worked up doing the absolute wrong thing. Be careful of that whole group thought stuff that's going on in the world right now. People get on Twitter and these social networks. Oh, everybody thinks this is true. It must be true. No, it doesn't. People thought the earth was flat for quite a while. That was groupthink for you, you know. Not as many people, by the way, thought the earth was flat, as they say. Mo even as far back as the Greeks, they knew that the world was round. That, that whole flat earth thing that in the Middle Ages everyone thought the earth was flat, that's not true. That's not true. If you study, you'll find that most, most astronomers, the guy, even the guys in the Greeks, the Romans, they knew the earth was round. They knew it. It's so, it's so funny that we think that, though. We used to always think the earth was flat. No, we didn't. <laughs> but there was a time, there was a time where a lot of people did think that, you know, and I think it was around the Middle Ages. But, but God gives us grace. That's the whole point. God gives us grace. Even though we're foolish about certain things, God's giving us grace all the time. Even if we're wrong, God will help us get on track again. And it's okay. He doesn't hold our sin against us. That's the gospel. The gospel is God is not holding your sin against you. He forgives you. Just walk with him. Yeah, just walk with him. You know, he's not holding it against you. He's not, he's not coming at you, but he's here to reveal who you truly are. The Bible says that we are fully revealed as we behold him. As we behold him as in a mirror, the Bible says. When we look at Jesus, we're looking at him as in a mirror, not as in a plate glass. Religion displays Jesus behind a plate glass window. But the gospel is Jesus is in a mirror. You see the difference? If Jesus is behind a plate glass window, that's something you're supposed to attain to. But if it's Christ is in a mirror, he's reflecting your true nature. Walk as Christ did. Live as Christ did. Be a son of God. Live as him. He is your mirror reflection. Look on Jesus as your mirror. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. It's not the word as much as the thoughts and the ideas presented in the words that you've given us. So we focus intently on who you are. We focus intently on your word within us. We know that you have designed us in a wonderful way, in a way that is just, we're just even beginning to discover with science. But you have given us the spirit. You have given us truly rich things for us to enjoy. We thank you so much. And Father, we just bless this day and we love you so much in Jesus' name. Amen.